There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 55 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of May 7th, 2007. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my excellent adventures through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Some of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge, number 59, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So today's uh, episode is uh, late in coming, but uh, hopefully it'll, uh, it'll make up for the delay. I appreciate all the emails that everyone's been sending, uh, making sure that everything's fine on the home front, and uh, we're keeping our head above water for the most part, but uh, every once in a while we're taking a dip underneath. But I'm sort of going to depart from what I've usually done, is uh, try to make sure that the uh, papers I presented were in the five to seven-ish minute range. But this one really sort of struck a chord with me. Uh, you'll excuse the pun, and so you'll find out uh, what it's about. But it uh, deals with jazz and Freemasonry. <clears throat> now, this is a paper that uh, is fairly substantial in length, but uh, having read through it, I went, that, you know what, this is something that still just sort of tweaks my interest in. Sort of like the way that things sort of um, intertwine between some two worlds that seem to be sort of dis, uh, discongruous. There's just a little bit more to it than, uh, than we see. So I've actually broken this up into uh, four parts. And uh, this first part today deals with uh, the people of jazz and the people of Freemasonry. And really the, uh, the importance of uh, the number seven and what it relies to in both. And then uh, as we go through this, we deal more with... Uh, some of the similarities in, of jazz and Freemasonry and the roots and improvis- improvisation of both. So we'll just get started here on the first part again. As I say, this was uh, this first section deals primarily with the uh, with sort of the men that are involved in, in Freemasonry and uh, some of the similarities. And again, the number seven. So this paper was originally written um, and produced by a couple of brother in, um, I guess, from Turkey, um, brother uh, Gulso and Hutchinson. So I apologize if I butchered their names. But you know, while I've, uh, well, I'm always been a, a big fan of jazz, well, music of all sorts. I uh, really don't have the uh, the talent or expertise to try and figure out what it's all about. Just something about the jazz just keeps me tweaked. So. Here's the first part of Jazz and Freemasonry, The Men and the Numbers. Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, Irving Berlin, James Herbert Uby Blake, George Cohan, Nat King Cole, Edward Kennedy, Dewar Duke Ellington, Lionel Hampton, William Handy, Al Jolson, Glenn Miller, Adolf Joseph Sachs, and Paul Whitman. What is the common denominator among these men? Louis Armstrong was an American jazz pianist who was equally at home as a trumpet player and as a singer. He was acknowledged as the world's leading jazz musician of his day. Count Basie was an American jazz pianist and bandleader who became one of the most longest surviving pioneers of the big band era. Irving Berlin was also an American composer and songwriter whose best-selling songs ranged from Alexander's Ragtime Band to White Christmas. He is equally well known for his theatre and film music, which included Top Hat, Follow the Fleet, and Annie Get Your Gun. 
The entire royalties of several of his songs he gave to charity for deprived youths. Irving Berlin started out as a penniless immigrant when he came to America. His musical talents earned him fame and fortune. Herbert U.B. Blake was a jazz pianist, dancer, and composer. Both of his parents had been slaves. He composed popular and serious music and remains active as a performer throughout his entire life. Duke Ellington is an American jazz musician. He is also a composer, arranger, and pianist. He was, significant, he was a significant figure in the Americans' 20th century music. His impression of initiations were recorded in his songs I'm Beginning to See the Light, which was also sung by Louis Armstrong. Ellington's orchestra has, has always been considered the most prominent jazz group of its era. Duke Ellington always wrote music to bring out the best abilities and creativities of his team members. Yet, throughout the years, many musicians have joined or left his group, and the Duke has rewritten his music according to the talents of his new members. This is how he has become a continuous source of inspiration and a milestone for countless musicians throughout his life. Nat King Cole is still popular for the musical heritage he has left for many years after his death. Al Jolson is a leading actor of, of Jazz Singer, the first sound movie in cinema history. Glenn Miller has paved the way for a big band in the music world of an unprecedented height. Saxophones, probably the most jazz-associated instrument, was invented by Anton Sax. So again, I ask the question, what is the common denominator among these men? Your natural instinct is to say jazz. Yes, jazz is the right answer, but there is still a missing part to it. All of these names above, all of the names above are your brothers who have passed away to the eternal east long ago, leaving us with their unforgettable deeds, and all of them are Freemasons. Louis Armstrong was a member of the Lodge Montgomery, nine, number 18, Prince Hall Affiliation in New York. William Count Basie was a member of both of the Kraft and the Shriner Temple under the Prince Hall Affiliation in New York. Irving Berlin was a member of Munn Lodge, number 190, in New York City, the Scottish Rite Valley of New York City, and the Mecca Shrine, he wrote the song God Bless America for his 1918 musical Yip Yip Yahang. The song today is regarded by many as the second national anthem and is regularly sung at Masonic Lodge functions in the U.S. George Cohen is a life member of Pacific Lodge No. 233 in New York City, being raised there on, in November of 1905. He received his 32nd degree in the Scottish Rite in February 1906. He was also a life member of the Mecca Shrine Temple in New York City. Nat King Cole was initiated in Thomas Waller Lodge No. 49 in Los Angeles of the Prince Hall Affiliation. Duke Ellington was initiated in Social Lodge No. 1 in Washington, D.C., Prince Hall Affiliation. His impressions were recorded in his song, I'm Beginning to See the Light, which was also sung by Louis Armstrong. Al Jolson was a member of the St. Cecile Lodge No. 568 in New York City. Anton Joseph Sachs was initiated in Lodge Le Vrai Ami de Lunion in 1842. Paul Whitman was a member of the St. Cecil Lodge No. 569 in New York. In fact, the list is not limited to the names above, and there are many other jazz musicians in the craft. Then we may ask ourselves again, is there a link between jazz music and Freemasonry?
takes me to a place and time when I was younger and you were mine to a memory of love that used to be love that was you and me daydream took my heart around the bend surely this romance had to end once I was kissing now I'm just missing now I'm just missing Let's start by examining the jazz chord structure and the importance of the seventh. This may give us the first impulse on tracking other similarities between our craft and jazz. In drawing parallels between jazz and Freemasonry, one cannot ignore the fact that the simplest jazz chord is made up of the first, third, fifth, and seven notes in the diatonic scale. In fact, it is essentially the use of the seventh note which differentiates a jazz or blues chord from a classical chord. You simply flatten the seventh note. As the chord structure gets more complicated, you flatten the third note next, and then the fifth. I will leave you to draw the symbolic parallels according to your own Masonic experience. In fact, there is a good reason why there are seven notes in the diatonic musical scale. As you may know and appreciate, Pythagoras was the first, most important figure in the development of mathematics. He and his followers believed that the universe was designed around hidden numeric relations and that its entire structure was governed by mathematical patterns. They discovered mathematical relations between sounds and developed the concept of music of the spheres, which is the ratio between the notes of the diatonic musical scale, which we know today actually mirrors the distance from the Earth to the seven planetary oracles, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Even, even before Plato, many of the basics of education had already been established among the ancient Greeks. It is the practice for children, before the age of seven, to be given music to develop their soul and gymnastics to develop their body. Much more of Plato's program, particularly that designed for ages 10 to 17, had been accepted from at least the time of Pythagoras, but we have only Plato's explanation as to why these subjects were so important. This equality of proportion was how Plato considered that the unity of the one is carried into the multiplicity of creation. In other words, the multiplicity of creation is harmonized by an equality of proportion. These proportions are the, the musical scale, and hence the importance of music. It's the soul that recognizes the beauty of music, because the soul and music resonate in the same proportion. And astronomy was directly linked to music and mathematics, thus also to the one. However, according to Plato, music in the educational curriculum must only be such as to inspire courage or temperance. Astronomy was all important because Plato associated the heavenly bodies with the world soul, he did not mean that their physical characteristics were substance of souls, but that this was an inner intelligence which moved them. So the importance of number seven is a magical number. Seven is a combination of three, heaven, and four, earth. 
and is a spiritual code for as above, so below. Buddhists speak of seventh heaven. In fact, this phrase has been adopted by all of us without knowing where it came from. We talk of the seven steps to heaven. This comes from the Hindu belief system, where there are believed to be seven chakras or energy centers, that the awakening of which are essential on the road to spiritual enlightenment. There are seven wonders of the world, seven colors in the rainbow, seven days of the week. We talk of the seven virtues and the seven deadly sins. There's the seven liberal arts and sciences. Sevenfoldness is a key to unraveling the complex coding in St. John's Revelation, and the work continues in the rhythms of the seven. The seven-stepped pyramid of, of Zozar at Saquar is the oldest Masonic building in the world. Therefore, you may see, easily see that what is started as a pure technical approach to similarity between jazz and Freemasonry has easily led us to more esoteric directions. However, this is only the beginning. So there we have it, the first piece of uh, the four-part series on jazz and Freemasonry. Threw a little bit of a Robin Stein in there. She's a uh, uh, jazz singer that uh, is available uh, for your charge from the Pod. What is it? The Pod Safe Network, I think it's called. I can't really. Oh, let me just do a quick little check here. Oh, get info. Oh, from PodSafeAudio.com. She has a. Uh, one or two albums up there, so I thought I'd just grab a little piece of uh, her. I kind of like that throaty, melodic, uh, smooth jazz type thing, so throw that in there. And on subsequent uh, episodes of this, I'll uh, kind of stir things up a bit with a little bit of different uh, pod safe music. So I'll sort of tell you who they are and where you can get a hold of them. So that's it for uh, this week's episode. And as I say again, next week we'll be uh, delving a little bit more into. Uh, some similarities in regards to Freemasonry and jazz and so their history as we go along. So, if you don't like jazz, uh, yeah, don't think that jazz and Freemasonry are uh, sort of have some similarities. Yeah, you can probably just sort of sit back and relax for the next month or so as I chip through the rest of these episodes. But if you do, I look forward to uh, having you tune in and give a listen to them. So, until next time, I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together and if you want a transcript of uh, well you know what I'll do is I'll actually throw up a eh, do I break it up into parts or do I give you the whole thing ah you know what I'm feeling pretty gregarious here I'll give you the uh, the whole transcript um, this time around and uh, maybe you can follow along and play a, the home version of this game for the episodes 2, 3 and 4 so check us out at www.kinggeorgelodge.com and until uh, next week as long as everything holds steady on the for- forefront, uh, be sure to keep the shiny side up. Consequence